What's up, everybody, and welcome to Pace the Nation, broadcasting from Studio 1A here in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back for another edition, episode 41. Alongside me, as always, to my right is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, it's the year of the monkey now. Is it? Is it just changed over or something? Yeah, this week, but I just keep writing year of the goat on my checks. See, I didn't even know. Is that like Chinese... Is it Chinese New Year's? Yeah. Okay. February 8th was a new year. I I know the listeners will be surprised. I don't know anything about that, but you enlighten me with a little something new every week. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's the year of the monkey. The year of the monkey. To my left here is, uh, of course, our other co-host, William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? I thought you were going to uh, keep this charade going that that, that last week was my last show. (laughs) Well, I appreciate everybody tweeting in. And worrying about Docs, mm-hmm. but it is it was not his last show. It was it was a joke. Well, his know. contract was renewed, <laughs> or his contract was renewed. Right? You have a very good In, agent. Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> the contract is currently being negotiated, and I am appearing on episode forty-one in good faith. Well, <laughs> I, I can't believe the uh, outpouring of support for Docs. Uh, you should be touched, Docs. Mm-hmm. People were concerned that you were not going to be on the show moving forward. Uh-huh. And we can name all three of them by name. <laughs> I think there's probably more than that, but I got a couple texts. There's a couple <clears throat> tweets, but everybody, rest assured, Docs is here with us, episode 41. At least through the end of this episode. <laughs> At least through <laughs> this one and, you know, another dozen or so. Uh, but, uh, no, we appreciate everybody's concern. But, uh, Docs, who, I mean, we, we didn't have anybody to replace you, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Or we might consider it. No. Um, we're going to do open tryouts. <laughs> Maybe at, at the next happy hour. At the next happy hour, yeah. uh, bring your own microphone. <laughs> right. Well, th- you mentioned the the next happy hour. We have decided on a date. It's February 25th. That's the date, so mark your calendar. Big news. We, we threw out two dates last week, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody who saved uh, February 18th. Yeah. But you, you can, can release you can, it yeah, now. Yeah, you can release that. Um, big show today, guys. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Bobby Gill from C- Cupid's Undie Run. Uh, he'll be ju- joining us in studio. They've got a race this uh, Sunday. And I guess you run in your underwear, and I don't know. It seems... Well, we'll find out. A little risque. We will find out. Uh, of course, the In the News segment, a healthy In the News segment today. A lot going on within running. Uh, running stories that are important to the hosts, of course. We've got your Tweets of the Week. Uh, I've got a dog story. Oh, I mm-hmm. love a Farley dog I mean, story. The, the dogs, the dog uh, wash story was uh, a sensation. So, so popular. I've got another dog story. A little dog. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a little dog issue that I want you guys uh, to weigh in on. Uh, we got the uh, Clarendon Construction, of course, uh, is is in full uh, swing right now, and I'll get everybody updated on that. And uh, you know, guys, we are actually going to go to. Uh, next week uh to the uh run free movie as well so encourage any listeners it's actually february 17th to meet us uh you could see the see the hosts on the road twice this month the 17th at uh i think it's the arlington draft house that's correct yes at uh the the movie run free and you can also see us of course at the uh, happy hour the Wait. week later 
This means I have to leave my house twice this month? Twice. <laughs> twice. Wow. Did you go anywhere for the Super Bowl? Maybe a Super Bowl party last week, Docs? I did not. Nothing? I was. Uh, I stayed home. Okay. And I watched it okay. by myself. All right. Wow. Joanna, anything from you? Super- yeah. I went to a Super Bowl party. You did? Yeah. Wow. You're the one of the three of us uh, that, that actually did because I stayed home watching by myself, too. Did you have any heat on this game? Some- <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I did. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I owe you ten bucks. Yeah, I, I did, and it uh, was was a it was a it was a fair uh, it was a, it was an okay game. An uh, okay game. I was glad that the I thought Broncos, it was a good game. Bron- really, Broncos I won. thought I was watching soccer because the ball was on the ground so often. Mm-hmm. How often? How much of the game did you watch? So if Maybe you were not watching, too much. Not too much if you were game. watching soccer, you I'm must impressed. have thought that it was awesome. <laughs> I'm impressed, though. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Did, did you actually go to a Super Bowl party? I did. Yeah, my friends hosted one. Okay. Wow, you had a big day that day. You uh, did the uh, first down 5K and combine, and then went to a, a Super Bowl party. How many people were at the Super Bowl party? Well, first, let's correct. I did not do the combine. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You just Why not did the 5K? I wasn't training for a combine, mm-hmm. so I couldn't throw that in there. Yeah. Why not? I just wasn't ready, Docs. Okay. Well. Well. Docs. If you don't, if you don't try, you don't know. <laughs> Docs, you you, uh, you just you didn't do the the uh, run or the combine either, so I'm not sure why you're. Well, I wasn't there. That's true. Well, you know what? I, I wanted to mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into this. We got into. The, I got into this podcast. I wanted to inspire runners. Uh-huh. Um, mentioned Docs not being at the at the race. Um, right. And that's you know that's basically the reason why we do the podcast. When I when people ask like why are you doing this podcast, it's inspire runners and get people out running, right? Mm-hmm. So last week I was in need of 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 a friend to add on some mileage with. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to to run the Boston Marathon thanks to the good people at uh, Adidas. They're going to take me up to Boston and I'm going to run the marathon. They're going to uh, give you thirty Miller lights and then put you <laughs> on your way. <laughs> I'm going to run the marathon. Is that going to be your sub three hour marathon for the it, year? It, it, I'm probably going to run Marine, uh, Marine Corps as well, but hopefully right. both of them will be Two sub chances. three hours, and uh, so we can put all that to. to you know, there'll be no doubt about it this year. Mm-hmm. But so I'm running, and so I, you know, recently got the uh, invite from Adidas, and um, want to thank them again if I didn't thank them previously, uh, but I needed to start doing my long runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my my. Uh, New Year's resolution, the 40 long runs, 40, 15 milers is not going as well as I'd hoped. This is turning into a long story. So I had done about 10 miles and I called Docs Mm -hmm. and I said, Docs, can we do a few miles together? Can we add on? So my point is Uh he said he couldn't do it. He's injured. I said I don't run anymore. He doesn't run anymore. He retired. So we're doing this program. One Uh of my goals of this program is to inspire people to run, yet Uh one of the co-hosts is retired, doesn't even run anymore. So I have failed. I failed Uh the show. I failed you, Docs. I'm sorry. Well, apology accepted. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to run today. You are going to run today. Okay. Yeah, I ran already twice this week. There you go. Okay. Did you just not want to run with me that day? You wanted to run too far. I'm. I'm. It was. I seriously just came back on Sunday. Okay. It's my first run since I injured my back. Well, how does? Good. How did it feel? Good. I mean, the back is fine, um, but I'm so out of shape. It's so so miserable. I mean, relatively. Docs will, mm-hmm. will be back in, in shape in no time. Hopefully, run uh, the Marine Corps Marathon this uh, this mm-hmm. fall. 
Still targeting the Marine Corps Marathon. Still targeting the Marine Corps Marathon. So I just thought about that. I thought, wow, I have failed as a host uh, because my buddy, co-host Docs, wouldn't run with me. How are you going to reach our millions of listeners uh, if you can't even reach the people in the room with you? That's true. That's true. Uh, good, good, good question. Well, I'm glad you're back running. I'm going to stay on you, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll run another about, time after I get my lungs in shape. We'll talk about uh, his his progression here. Mm-hmm. I don't like that we glossed over the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, go, because, go back to uh, go back to the Super Bowl. I, I want to ask Joanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, are you more interested in the football or the commercials? Um. I find football mildly entertaining. It's probably not my favorite professional sport to watch. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that I really like watching football that mm-hmm. much. I don't like love commercials either, but people are always talking about the commercials. So I like mm-hmm. to see them so I can put my two cents in about them as well. But it was so loud where I was that right. I didn't even hear any of the commercials. So I missed all the punchlines. I just mm. saw the visuals. Mm. Did so you, so you can't weigh in at all on the commercials? I watched a few of them on the internet afterwards, so I know what happens in a couple of them. I just feel like there's a lot of out-of-work celebrities. Every commercial had like 15 celebrities in it. And uh, the funny thing is I thought this, the ones without celebrities, like the dog commercials, I thought were the, were the best ones, in my opinion. I didn't care for the dog commercial. You didn't like the, you didn't like the dog commercial? I'm What's just the a dog, dog commercial? I'm just a dog mark. The Heinz, a, Heinz commercial where all the... the dogs were di- running like hot dogs. Oh. To the uh, the different... Well, that one wasn't my favorite. I think I, I like that one where the, the dad dog was, was driving the car. Mm-hmm. And there was a baby dog in the back uh, in, a, in a car seat. Was it a baby dog or a puppy? Oh, it was a puppy. <laughs> it was a puppy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty funny. Uh-huh. Dogs driving cars does it for me. Yeah. Okay. Pretty funny. I mean, do- you put a dog in a minivan, driving a minivan. Who doesn't like that? Um, Probably cats are it. <laughs> well, my exactly. Cats. Exactly. <laughs> my cats. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe my... Other than my cats, who doesn't like that? Uh-huh. I challenge you to find somebody who doesn't think a dog driving a minivan is funny. But don't include my cats in the challenge. <laughs> right. Other than him. Yeah. Um, so besides, besides the dog influences in the commercials, Farley, what, what were your thoughts on the commercials? Uh, a little bit average, actually. I, not mm-hmm. worth the $5 million that, um, you know, we, I'm glad we, we didn't do a Pace the Nation commercial in there. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, Although in we, hindsight. Everybody would be talking about it. it they probably would That's be. That's true. But, uh, in hindsight, I don't think it would have been worth the money because it didn't seem like any of them were worth the money. I thought that uh, once again Mexico avocados won the Super Bowl commercial <laughs> competition. See, I, not even memorable for me. So remind me that one of that one. It was like future in the future, and they had they were explaining everything from like this, Scott Baio. Yeah, and then in the end they had an actual Scott Baio, and then they said, "Would anybody like to feed uh, guacamole dip to uh, Scott Baio?" And nobody wanted to. They wanted to eat it themselves. And the guy's like, it's included in your in your admission ticket. And they still didn't want to share so it. So I, I don't know who Scott Baio is. Charles in charge. Okay. All right. Still doesn't doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I, um, he I, was, I need something a little more simple, like a dog driving a minivan. All right. But Charles in charge. Scott Baio was relevant in the 1980s. Okay. Mm, all right. Um, and doesn't look like he's aged a day. That's All right. true. I'll, yeah. have to check, I'll have to check that out. I do like avocados. Well, you want me to go through really quickly my Super Bowl commercial yeah, let's go. review? Let's do it. 
Hopefully, Jeff Goldblum is not in any Super Bowl commercials next year. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I really like the Audi David Bowie astronaut piece. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good commercial. And I thought that the Mountain Dew Puppy Monkey Baby commercial was probably the worst commercial ever made. I didn't like that, that at all. That was not good. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I think we're all in agreement. And and I've talked about puppies, and you've talked about the Year of the Monkey already on this program, mm-hmm. but neither of us like that. Mm-mm. I agree. Probably because nobody's talked about babies yet. Maybe that maybe that was yeah. the case, right? Uh, and then I thought it was a big payoff on the Super Bowl baby commercial. Speaking of oh, babies, I did think that was funny. Kind of funny. I yeah. like that one. Yeah. Uh, I felt like they they hammered it though. It was like four times that well, commercial they, came on. Yeah, oh. they showed different groups, different groups, and then the end to have them singing. I thought yeah. that was a really good payoff. Yeah, kind of a weird angle, but um, I liked it. All right, okay. Uh, we talked a lot of, about dogs and commercials. I want to tell mm-hmm. you guys about um, a, a story about my dog. Uh, and this isn't really running related, but mm-hmm. I felt like the last... But la- it's, we're also a dog show. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I think dog shows would get... The response on my, my dog washing dilemma, I feel like a dog show might might get pretty good ratings. As as I've I've chronicled many times on the show, I've got a... Yeah, seventh, seven, almost eight month old uh, German shorthair pointer puppy named London. An eight month year old. Eight month old. Did mm-hmm. I say year? No, you didn't. No, I just, I just, you, you I just make wanted to make it difficult on me. So no, I just think that that's a fun way to say months. Months. Okay. Uh, well, she's got a ton of energy, and she has to go to the dog park uh, very regularly. I talked about my trips to the dog park previously on the program. So Monday went to the dog park. Well, that that was part of the reason why you bought that particular dog is because it's high energy. Right. When it grows up, I can run with you. It, can run with, with her, but yeah. she she's not able to run until twelve months. So Monday um, night, I go to the dog park. I planned to do the DC Roadrunners uh, Monday night tempo run at six thirty. So go to the dog park around five thirty ish. Going to spend about 30 minutes over there, then race over to Iwo Jima, put her in her crate, and head on over to the tempo run. So, you know, per usual, uh, I go to the park, and there's a ton of people at the Clarendon Dog Park. It's a little smaller than the Sherlington Dog Park, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a good park, and there's a ton of dogs there. But since it's smaller, you know, they're all crowded into a pretty confined area, relatively, especially at prime time, mm-hmm. like Monday night at 530 uh, so a ton of about, dogs. About out there. how many dogs would you say are there? I'd say there's probably fifty dogs. Fifty? I'm I'm serious. It's there is just tons 50? of dogs. Fifty dogs. Wow. Yeah. Maybe forty. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking more like maybe twenty five. No, 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 no. There's like forty dogs. All right, say forty dogs. Okay, that's all right. So she's. I mean, this is like prime time. I mean, it, it, it Clarendon. So it's usually not this busy, but pretty nice night. But so she's running around, running around, and and. I didn't tell Julia's part, but uh, and yeah. is she going to find out now? <laughs> she probably, breaking news. She will probably find uh-huh. out. Now. Uh-huh. But you know uh-huh. me; I've I've always got an email or something I got to get to. I got to talk uh-huh. quietly so she doesn't really hear this. So I'm like on my email a little bit, one eye on the dog, one eye on the email. You know, knocking out a couple of emails that I needed to do right. on Monday night. So just multitasking, multitasking, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you know. Knock out the email, see her running around. She looks like she's having a fun time. No issues. Mm-hmm. Put her in the car. Go home. Um, 
I don't walk over to the dog park from my house. I really should, but for some mm-hmm. reason drove it's, over there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like a half mile away. But uh, so go home, put on my running stuff, grab her to put it in the crate, and I see on her side hip, like a half inch, pretty serious gash. Ooh. Like bleeding, and like you can see some flesh and meat in there. And I'm like, wow, how did that happen? And what did the dog say? <laughs> <laughs> dog was not even phased. Uh-huh. Like, the dog is fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wow, that's going to get infected, and it's going to be a whole thing. And I didn't even see it happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... was it? A, do you think it was a bite, or do you think that she maybe tried to crawl under something? Yeah. Or a bite? Uh, you know what? It, it had to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. But... Do you agree, Joanna? Can you think of another scenario? Um, I mean, I feel like those are the two most likely. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was a gash that I was like, wow, okay. So what part of the story does Julie not know? All of it or just the email part? Yeah, the email part. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, she she didn't really. I mean, I, like I said, I was pretty well paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, as but, much as one can when they're looking at their phone. Yeah, right. and, and I'm showing pictures. I mean, that, that doesn't really do it justice. It, it was like, it was a. Pretty, it was Are a, there multiples? No, it's just there's just I just got one picture there. I mean, it's okay. It's a big enough gash there. I think it looks like a bite. It looks like a bite. Okay, yeah. I, I I gave the, my phone with a picture to the other dog owner here. So I text Julie and I'm like, in my mind, and this is, I also didn't tell her this. Uh, I'm like, do you think that she could hold on for me to finish my tempo run? So this is Did- my dilemma. You wanted to know if, if uh, it's, the dog so doesn't seem to be bothered right now. Not bothered, exactly. Yeah. So what do Just I put do? Her in the crate. What do I do here? Yeah. And this is where I bring it back to running. And, uh-huh. and, you know, Julie was at class, so she couldn't really help out or take her to the vet or anything. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm thinking... Do I just because it's her... gonna get dark? It's gonna get dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she'll just lick her own wounds, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? The thing is, is that Julie's in class till about eight or something. Now, now I'm letting it all loose here. Mm-hmm. So she's in class till eight. I could finish the tempo run, come back, and say, "Wow, where did this bite come from, or this this wound come from?" Mm-hmm. And then take her to the vet, and then be sure to get my run in. What would you guys done in this at this moment? Why are you asking us? <laughs> Whenever you ask us to to resolve your moral issues, you just get upset with our answer. Yeah. All right. Well, I did what you got. What I think you guys. I I texted Julie. Julie gave me the the number to the uh, to the vet and called the vet, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you got to bring her right in." Yeah. Because uh, they don't want they didn't want her uh, licking her her wounds, as you mentioned, Joanna, mm-hmm. or. Uh, or it, they wanted to see a fresh wound, so I took her in there, and she got a couple staples put in. Mm-hmm. And um, but she loved that, huh? You know what? Not even phased. Like I, I don't quite understand. Maybe the dog's pain threshold is a lot higher than mine. But <laughs> <laughs> if I'd well, gotten staples, let's go get a staple gun. And <laughs> yeah, see. no, no. If I'd gotten staples, I would be crying like a baby. Have, have you ever been stapled before? No. It's surprisingly not that bad. Okay. Maybe that's the maybe that's mm-hmm. what it is. But we took her over there, got her staples. She uh then was um got this cone put on her head. <laughs> so uh, Oh, poor London. Yeah, so she put a cone on her head. How and, long is the cone on? Well, it was supposed to be for ten days and um it lasted like ten minutes. So she literally ripped it off. 
Well, you're supposed to put it back on. Well, I did, but she it's like a cloth cone, and it was stood no chance for the powers of this little GSP. I mean, this is the same dog that uh, where ballpoint pins stand no chance. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and that's a much sturdier material than cloth. So I, I told her, um, Julie wanted to get another cone. I said, you yeah, know, let's just bag it. It's fine. So she's fine without the cone, but has been... But isn't the cone there so that she doesn't bite at the staples? Yes. I mean, yeah, so she doesn't lick it. Lick and bite at it, yeah. They don't want her licking staples either? Yeah. I, yeah, that's what they, they said. Um, but um, What would be so bad about that anyway? Yeah. The licking part. I'm like sort of again. I, I do like vets and I do think that they are good for dogs and mm-hmm. anal- other animals but um i also kind of, yeah. kind of i also in my family there's a running joke about how much we don't really like doctors mm-hmm. and unfortunately veterinarians sort of fall into that as well mm-hmm. so i mean they're wolves in the wild don't go to vets and they get in fights all the time and they lick their wounds and they seem to survive so you would have basically well, said, so i should have let you answer you would have told her to just to walk it off well, and i should have gone for my run i will tell you that luigi and toki uh the other dog in my household did get in a fight and Luigi had a really bad cut on his face, and as soon as I found it, I immediately t- took care of it. So I would have immediately took care of it by stapling, going against stapling your- <laughs> her dog's face herself. Yeah. Um, I did treat it myself. You yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have called you then, because this vet wasn't. This vet was more expensive than Joanna, the dog wash. Will you staple uh, London and give London a bath for twenty bucks? <laughs> That sounds like a waste. Depends on what the tip is. Yeah, well. Yeah, I know. Well, I can't guarantee anything there. I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry, for sure. Um, and luckily, Luigi's cut was on his face, so he couldn't really lick it anyway. Um, but I definitely, as soon as I saw it, like I immediately put him in the shower so that I could clean it, and then I cut all of the fur around it, and then I used like a little syringe to clean out the wound, and then I treated it. So here's here's the thing about your wolves data. <laughs> like <laughs> based based on all of the wolf tracking that you do uh you you are confident that they're all fine after right. this right that none of them actually get infections and well not all of them it depends on how deep it is obviously right and and what sort of a puncture we're talking about I'm just saying you have no idea. The The wolf population hasn't died off, but you don't know how the individuals right. are affected. It's not very scientific. It's no. not very scientific. Yeah. No. When, when have we fact-checked right. on this That's show? Right, that's true. And Why actually, are we starting now? I, I like, your, I like the, the idea of the anti-doctor deal. I'm with you there. You know, maybe it's just because I went there and, you know, there's another 200 bucks down the drain for a couple of staples. When Plus a tip. I could have just stapled her myself because she didn't care. She literally didn't care. And I'm I'm passing around pictures of her now. She looks fine. The Mm -hmm. cone is gone. She ate the cone in 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. she just, I mean, the staples look fine and she's healing fine now. So um, the only collateral damage in the whole story is I didn't get my tempo run in. I took a day off on Monday. Mm. Like a day off from running? Off from running totally. I really thought that you would have gone for the run. I'm actually shocked right now. I know. Usually I would have, but it was like it was like eight thirty, and I actually had I actually had to do something else that night. Mm-hmm. I had to go meet with an accountant or something, so I, mm-hmm. I almost blew him off. I mean, before anyone thinks that I'm a bad dog owner, I just want to throw out there that when Luigi was injured, I did clean out his injury three times a day, and I did not take him to the dog park until it was healed. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I was calling you a bad dog owner. I just wouldn't trust you with my pack of wolves. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, 
listening and, and the advice, um, it sounds like Joanna would have done the run and Docs would have gone to the vet. Okay. It's it's a split. Well, I didn't say that. Right. Well, I would have cleaned. I would have taken care of the injury first. You didn't need to. All right. That's my dog story. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to be joined by Bobby Gill. He's from Cupid's Undy Run. We're going to talk about his race on February 13th this week here in Washington, D.C. So we'll be right back on Pace the Nation. Welcome back to the program, and now we're happy to be joined by Bobby Gill. He is the race director of Cupid's Undie Run. Bobby, what's up, man? Welcome to the studio. Oh, man. Good to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, you just kind of flew in uh, a couple days ago from, from where? Because I know you used to be uh, local here, but where are you living now? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in the D.C. area, lived here my whole life, um, and just recently moved out to Denver about a month and a half ago. So were you cheering for the Broncos? Uh, I'm kind of a fair weather football fan, I think, as a lot of runners may be. Yeah. Um, I mean you were cheering for the commercials? Well, well yeah, obviously. Yeah, uh, Commercial Bowl 50. Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, so I was watching it out uh, downtown Denver where all the action was happening. And nice. right after the game, we headed outside. You know, there's fireworks, riot police, and, you know, obviously the smell of pot everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Nice, man. Is pot really the best celebration I don't know. It I depends the, on what kind of celebrating yeah, you want to do. Do you want like a mellow celebration? Or you I really want to get up and, yeah. and... I think the police like it. Right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It discourages uh, all the violence. And that's true. Yeah, it's legal. Burning so stuff. Yeah. Why not? Uh, well, so, not burning everything. But. So, 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 Bobby, you're in town, obviously, to put on the run, uh, the Cupid, uh, Cupid Zundi run on Saturday the 13th, uh, which is uh, going to be... You know, we're going to drop this show on Monday. So just to pull back the curtain, the run hasn't happened yet, although as people are listening, the run has happened. So a little confusing, mm-hmm. Docs. Um, we need to bring an astrophysicist in yeah. to explain yeah, how this I works. Know. But, we, you know, we are excited about the run regardless uh, of when it's happening, and I wanted to, we wanted to have you in to promote the run. But give us some background. How did you get involved with this run? Um, so I'm one of the founders okay. of Cupid Zundi Run. We started it here in D.C. back in 2010. I don't know if you guys remember Snowmageddon or Snowsama Bin Laden or Snotorious B.I.G. or you whatever you may have been calling it. The Blizzard of Ot 10. We, we have well, talked yes, many times precisely. on this show. It's funny that you bring that up about how these blizzards are named something. So, yes, we do remember in our listeners' know too. Yeah, because so. that was the original Snowmageddon. Right. And so we got like the three feet of snow followed by like, another three feet. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my roommates were just kind of going stir-crazy in our house, uh, living over in Beltsville near College Park, and we came up with this idea of, hey, when this snow melts or when we get the opportunity, let's go and run around in our underwear uh, because that just seems like something fun to do. Mm-hmm. And because we were, you know, like 25 at the time or something, we're like, sure, and let's all get loaded beforehand and then afterwards as well. So a big party component before the run mm-hmm. and after the run. Were you a big-time runner yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm too competitive of, of a runner these days, but mm-hmm. I was running ultras back then. Okay. I've got a, a bunch of podium finishes, got second place at the old Dominion 100. Wow. Did you a, get a belt buckle? I'm wearing it right now. Yeah, look you at that. Let's yeah, see this. Yeah, nice, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Story Always checks that out. silver buckle. Yeah. Hell for, yeah. for all our listeners, yeah, the story checks he's, out. He's got one. And, and more, most importantly, my beer mile PR is 658. 
Mm, that wow. is important, dude. Yeah. That is impressive. Farley, what's your PR beer mile? I'm not going to say now. I thought I was happy with my <laughs> 10 minute PR. Wow, that's awesome. It's, it's all in the drinking. It's yeah. not the running. I can attest to that. Well, that's all. That's awesome. So you're going stir crazy, and you get this idea for running around in your underwear, and you make it a formal event. Well, yeah. At first, we just thought we would uh, put word out to some of our friends and just get them to come join us. So, like, we found a bar down in Capitol Hill, uh, the Poor House, which is mm-hmm. no longer there. Um, and we just put word out to people, you know, uh, went out to all the local, like, hashers and running groups and whatnot. And we thought we were going to have maybe 50 people. We ended up having about 650. Really? So we were the first to- one. Totally blown away. And we didn't have permits. We right. We had no freaking clue what we were wow. doing. Um, but we raised like 10 grand that first year. For, and it's all for charity. It's right. for the Children's Tumor Foundation. Um, so that first year really kicked things off. And we've just been running with it ever since. Um, now we're in 38 cities this year and on track to raise somewhere between 4 and $5 million for the charity. So when you had that first run, I mean, did you have any idea that it was going to grow into this multi-city fundraising race at the time or you were just like i just want to run around in my underwear dear god no i mean like yeah i follow along to like startup entrepreneurial stuff now and everyone's got like the strategic plan on how you're gonna get there and everything (laughs) we were just these dudes who thought it would be hilarious to have some drinks and run around in our underwear and it was way more accessible than we thought and so we've just been uh you know fake it till you make it i guess is the main uh mantra that we live by this first one you said you didn't have it wasn't it was unpermitted it mm-hmm. was 12 times the turnout that you thought there would be yeah. was there any sort of fallout with the capitol police or there was one instance where uh, we were running around the capitol and a big group of people stopped to get a photo mm-hmm. um, and there was a US capitol police officer and he's standing there with you know some sort of automatic weapon like an AK47 or M15 right. I don't know and he just looks over and he goes, you don't have permits. I suggest you keep running. And so we're like, all right, onwards, back to the bar, guys. Back to the bar. We're done here. Right. So that was kind of year one. And uh, since then, we've legitimized ourselves and we have insurance and permit and all that. Yeah, so no worries. It's, it's, it's become a whole thing. So on Saturday's event, I mean, the doors open here at, at noon and then you have an award ceremony before the run? Explain that. Well, yeah. So a lot of people kind of get confused by this one. They come out and they're like, man, it's it's like a mile, mile and a half. I'm going to get my mile PR out here. It's right. going to be awesome. It's, it's not a competitive run in any way, shape, or form. We don't really take ourselves too seriously. It's more an opportunity to just get out there and have some fun. So people aren't really you know out there busting out you know six-minute miles or anything. It's just... Just out there enjoying yourself. So the awards that we have are for the fundraisers. So like our top fundraisers, our top fundraising teams, the best outfits. You know, people get fairly creative uh, with that. So we award all those folks for all the fun stuff. And so since the poorhouse doesn't exist anymore, what bar do you partner with? Well, the past couple of years, we've still been down at Capitol Hill. The poorhouse uh, rebranded itself or new management, and now it's Stanton and Green. We were there last year, but. Um, the Capitol changed all their permitting rules, mm-hmm. so runs that happen um, through the Capitol grounds have to be on Sundays, and that ended up being a big problem for us because we have all this day drinking. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to move to a Saturday, but to do that, we had to change locations. So now we start over in like the Farragut Square area, mm-hmm. and then we run down 18th, so kind of near like Constitution Hall and the World Bank and all that stuff. Awesome. So you can find them uh, on online at Cupid's undyrun.com also on twitter at cupid's undyrun uh so i i assume your 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 job has totally evolved since the beginning 
So what do you do now for the for the race? Uh, so I'm the chief operations officer. Okay. Uh, we've got 38 cities that happen, and we've got volunteer race directors in every city. So we've got a lot of moving pieces, and they all happen in February. So uh, it's a lot of build up throughout the year. So I just kind of keep track of all of our operations, help train race directors, you know, do a lot of marketing and social. You know, at, we, we've got a couple employees, and our headquarters is out in Denver, but. Um, you know, there's a little bit of everything involved. So every city has it. Does it have to be on the Valentine's Day weekend? Is that part of the deal? Most of them are this coming weekend or okay. the previous weekend, I guess, for when this uh, podcast drops. But right. uh, Orlando was on the 6th. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple of them that are happening on February 20th, like New York and uh, Chicago, I think Chicago, Boston, Austin, some something like that. So there's like how, a handful on the 20th. How do you decide which cities you're going to go to? Like, do people in those cities contact you guys? Like, how does that work? In terms of spreading out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't really actively search for new cities. We let them come to us because that ensures that we get race directors who are really going to be involved and really excited by what they're doing. And then we just kind of vet them from there to see, like, who's got the experience, who's mm-hmm. connected, you know, who's an athlete, you know, that type of stuff. Awesome. So it would be a lot easier, obviously, if you could probably spread these races out throughout the year, but the Valentine's Day tie-in is big, and so talk about that connection. So Valentine's Day, it's interesting, because when we came up with the idea after Snowmageddon, we were just, we had the idea of let's run around in our underwear, mm-hmm. and then we just looked at the calendar and saw what was the closest holiday, and the closest holiday was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and that just didn't seem right to run around <laughs> in your underwear, right, so right. we didn't really want to... Uh, party on that one so uh, we looked at the next holiday and it was valentine's day and so we just uh you know we took that and we're like oh cupid's perfect um and since then you know we've come up with like oh share the love and help others and all that Mm. sort of like marketing speak and whatnot but uh ultimately it was just a matter of timing yeah and you there is a couple articles out there of of you and um one in runner's world and i'm looking at it right now and you literally are wearing just uh red underwear so people are really just going out there in their underwear we are true to form yes so my my question this weekend i I think it's going to be you know in this not single digits but maybe with windshield it's going to be pretty close to single digits Mm -hmm. on saturday is that going to deter people do people still come out in just their underwear so last year for comparison uh it was seven degrees, and then with wind chill, it was negative seven. It's the coldest run that we've ever had. Um, and I have to be out on the course a little longer than others because i got to make sure that the, the police get the road closed and open back up. Uh, I ended up having wind burn on my thighs for about a week, <laughs> um, which, you know, uh, that was fun. But uh, ultimately, people are going to have fun regardless. Uh, everyone had a good time last year when it was negative seven. So this year, I think they're forecasting for, I think, 20 degrees yeah so it's so that's be, like 30 yeah, degrees warm. warmer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys will be fine you said you raised ten thousand dollars in your first year yeah uh and now you're in 39 cities how much have you raised through this uh race for the children's tumor foundation uh cumulative over the years um prior to this year's fundraising it was about eight million total and then i guess this year we're already at like two and a half or so, we'll probably end somewhere around four. So that'll, after this year is all said and done, it'll be around probably 12 to 13 million since we started. That's unbelievable. That is. I mean, it's just an amazing run. And I mean, the 
the amount of publicity on Runner's World. I mean, were you guys on the cover of one Runner's World? Yeah, I was on the cover of the uh, December issue. So they ran a, a cover search contest where you just submit your story online, and mm-hmm. I did that. Um, it's kind of funny. I uh, I saw that Mike Wardian had posted that he made one of the top 100 finalists. Oh, yeah. like, all right, Wardian. That's yeah. awesome, man. Cool. Yeah. And then I go and I look at the list of who the other semifinalists were and find out that my name is on them. Oh, crap. Well. Wow, I'm, I'm getting ahead in this. And then moved to the finals, and then I was lucky enough that they picked me to be on the cover. So what, that was a pretty what cool What was honor. that process? What did you – did you guys – you guys went to New York, and there was a whole vetting process? Yeah, they took us out to New York, the, uh, the 11 finalists, mm-hmm. um, and we had like a full-day photo shoot. Um, that was actually fairly interesting because everyone did like their serious runner poses mm-hmm. and like, you know, in their normal running attire. And, you know, it took about 20 minutes per person. Uh, for me, it took like an hour and a half because they were like, all right, cool. Now let's do it without clothes. Right. <laughs> so we had to go through this whole thing. And they were like, all right, try it without the sunglasses. Now with the sunglasses. And it's just like this big, whole, long process. But, um, yeah, the judges were uh, Peter Atia, who – or, um, sorry, not Peter Atia. Peter um, Chachia, the New York uh, Marathon race director, mm-hmm. uh, Natalie Morales of the Today Show, uh, David Willey, who's editor-in-chief of Runner's World, Tish Hamilton, who's an executive editor there. Uh, so some really high-caliber judges on this contest, and it was really cool to be able to spend some time with them. Oh, Bart Yasso, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So uh, do you think that your photo shoot without clothes helped to sway the judges? <laughs> um, for Bart, maybe, a little <laughs> bit. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think... Um, I'm sure that they were looking forward to having something different and possibly a little controversial on the cover because um, I'm sure that helps sell magazines. Yeah. So uh, whatever their reason was, I'm, I'm glad that that's how they were thinking. All right. So these people are really out in their underwear. So you're obviously your target audience is maybe somebody who's a little bit more in shape or is it? Who is your target target audience? We've got people. Well, so it's 21 and older because mm-hmm. there's drinking involved. Sure. Um, so we've got people from 21, uh, we've had people in their eighties come out wow. as well. Uh, my mom and dad run it every year. Wow. In their uh, underwear. Uh, my dad's more of the, the creepy guy with his cell phone on the sidelines, um, <laughs> taking pictures. But my mom, yeah, she'll, she'll put on some, some running tights and yeah. put underwear over that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, people have their own interpretations of what it is to run an underwear, whether it's like straight up briefs like I wear mm-hmm. or, you know, you wear a tutu. Some people get really interesting. There was a guy uh, one year, actually, he lives here in Arlington, um, Steve Hirschberger. He came out and he made this uh, costume that looked like a package of underwear and it was an H&M package of underwear <laughs> and he looks a little bit like David Beckham. So he dressed as David Beckham and he wore this package of underwear wow. around him and so he was David Beckham's package. Um, <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen in the world. Yeah, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask, not necessarily David Beckham's package. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, like, has there been anybody out there who was like super inappropriate that you're like, listen, sorry, you can't race, or is everybody pretty much, I mean, does anything pretty much go? So year one, when I did the initial outreach, uh, I reached out to a bunch of hashers, and Mm -hmm. they showed up, and they uh, wanted to streak the event, and we're like, hey guys, this is for a kid's charity, so that's not really too cool. Right. Uh, We say PG-13 max, Right. Um, and they're like, well, sorry, I don't have any underwear, what am I supposed to do? So we sent them down to CVS, and they picked up some Depends, and they ran (laughs) in their Depends. Um, so that's that's probably about as, as pushing it as we've experienced so far. So everybody's pretty appropriate. That's good. 
how many pairs of do you do you always do it in the same outfit? And how many pairs of those briefs that it looks like you're in Runner's World do you have? Uh, so that particular pair is just my classic. You know, everyone's got their special like race day attire, mm-hmm. and they yeah. say like don't don't wear anything new on race day. And so I've stayed true to form <laughs> with that. And I those are my race day undies that I always. So wear. So you have that one one. Yeah, pair. I mean, I've okay. got plenty of different Cupid's undies. You know, we right. have them as like a fundraising prize. You you fundraise a hundred bucks, you get undies and socks with mm-hmm. our logos and stuff on it. So I've got plenty of those. But you know, my special race day undies, they're. Uh, and how many of these spot in my drawer? Yeah. How many of these races this year are you doing? Uh, just two because of the timing. So right. I'm, I'm here in DC uh, for this weekend, and then I'll be back in Denver next weekend. Okay, because you you said that they're spread out. I was curious if if uh, you have the opportunity to go to these other cities like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I just disappear at night and run around in my underwear everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the race is at so this this week the race starts at noon. Award ceremony at one fifteen. The undie runs at at two o'clock uh for us we put on races at pacers running and you know we got to do them in the morning because we got to get the permits early how are you guys able to do it like in the middle of the afternoon like that uh it's closing down roads i assume as many people as you're getting right uh we do close down the roads um but since it's such a short run it's only like a mile and a half okay so it's a brief run um get it Farley, do you get it? A brief run. <laughs> run. Oh, I got it. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Glad someone got yeah. that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's only like, uh, you know, 30, 45 minutes that we have the road closed down. So we're able to to make things work. But it is a long process to, to do any sort of permitting here uh, in the mm-hmm. district. Uh, actually, every single time I go to the mayor's special events task group to present mm-hmm. or to one of the area neighborhood councils, inevitably there's someone from Pacers there presenting as well, just because you guys have so many races going on. We, we do. And we... Uh, we stay the more traditional route, but uh, I'm impressed with the amount of numbers that you guys are getting. So maybe we got to get an end of this. Uh, hey, man, non traditional. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I assume this wasn't what you went to. What we went to college for initially. What no. were you doing before you got into this? Uh, so I was a biomedical engineer. I used to work at the FDA up in Silver Spring. Wow. So I would like review clinical trials for cardiovascular devices and whatnot. So this mm-hmm. is a definitely a departure from that. And I remember the day that I uh, that I told all of my colleagues at FDA that I was quitting to pursue underwear running full time. <laughs> right. Um, that, was, that was interesting. And they were like, We've not another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right. Precisely. Right. So, yeah, and you mentioned that it wasn't a non-traditional path. So was everybody supportive in your family of you going for this thing? Or was it pretty successful at that point where you gave up your uh, regular day job? So I did uh, I did all of this volunteer on the side for probably the first four years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of feds that are probably listening to this in the D.C. area. And, you know, federal employees put in a good 60% effort, I would say. <laughs> um, so I spent about the other 40% of my time uh, being a race director and right. building this up. But uh, in 2013, that was the first year that we hit a million dollars. Um, and so that was kind of like the tipping point where I knew that I had to put my full weight behind it. And so I, uh, I quit my job later that year and I've been doing this ever since. So you're in 30, uh, you said 38 cities. So is there uh, a five-year plan? Is there a two-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan? Where, where are you guys going next? Um, yeah, so this weekend's plan is don't get arrested. Um, <laughs> so there's the short-term plan there. That's <laughs> right. Good. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to consider, uh, or we'd love to keep expanding um, at this point. 36 cities in the U.S., and then we have three in Australia. Um, I'd love to continue to keep span- uh, keep expanding. Wait. 
you have three also in Australia, so it's international? Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they, they have a Children's Tumor Foundation of Australia, and they reached out to us back in uh, mm-hmm. 2013 saying that they wanted to do it. So we tested the waters with that, and they've been loving it. Although it's hot down there in mm-hmm. February, so it's a little different. Everyone's like in Speedos and bikinis. Right. And, like, All sweating. the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. They call uh, Speedos down there budgie buggers. Oh, wow. Of course they do. Right. <laughs> so, so you just want to continue to expand with no real idea of what, what, what that means. Yeah, but... we're, we're still trying to formulate that plan. Yeah. We know that um, when we started in 2010, you know, the, the color runs and Tough Mudders and all these other novelty-type runs hadn't existed yet. And right. so we're definitely in a more uh, competitive playing field now in terms of you know, people coming out and doing some of these novelty-type runs, even though mm-hmm. we were one of the originals. Right. Um, and we're... Pretty much the only one. We're a licensed 501c3 charity, so we are legit in that all of our uh, effort uh, is legitimately for charity. Um, but down the road, we'll probably bring on some more events, maybe have some some other types of fundraising platforms that aren't event-related. But we definitely want to build some sustainability because, as it is right now, we're contributing about a quarter of the Children's Tumor Foundation's annual research budget through oh. what we do. So we're pretty proud of that, and we yeah, want to make sure awesome. that we're able to give them as much as we can. And, and, and I, you hit on it right there, though, that I, I think you know you have early success, and then all of a sudden everybody's trying to do it. And there are people coming out of the woodwork doing all sorts of races that have this same sort of hook or maybe a little different take on it. What makes you guys unique, or what are the couple things that really make you guys unique? And keep you uh, the best out of anybody else who's trying to do this? Well, the the point that I said that we're a 501c3 mm-hmm. in the eyes of the IRS. So, like, by law, all of our money has to go towards charitable efforts. You know, you get some other runs out there or events, and they're like, oh, we're, you know, we've got this charity component, and it's more of just like a marketing play. Us, that is legitimately what we are here for. Um, we have three co-founders. Uh, one of our co-founders, his little brother, had... Uh, neurofibromatosis, uh, or NF for short. Mm -hmm. It's a genetic disorder that causes tumors to grow on the nervous system. And so he's the reason that we started this run because we wanted to help him out. Um, He passed away this past August. Uh, I think he was 28. Mm. Um, But, you know, he fought that for about 15 years, and it's just terrible what this uh, disorder causes uh, in people's lives. So, um, you know, we are hell-bent on fundraising as much as we can so Mm -hmm. that that doesn't happen to that doesn't have to happen to anyone else. Yeah, and I think that probably a lot of people are 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 probably there for the cause, but also there for you know. It looks like you guys. I'm just looking at all these pictures. Everybody's having a good time, and the drinking component you mentioned earlier. Uh, drinking happened before the race. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna uh, courage, it's after, liquid courage after the race, but both. What? Like, what liqui- how's that work? Liquid courage and also an alcohol blanket for yeah. those really yeah, cold that's days. True. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we don't take ourselves too seriously, so we're just out there having a good time and having a couple drinks, and you know, getting out there and socializing and dancing and, and all that just really gets people excited for the run. So you guys must have like a really intricate bag check. <laughs> yeah. We just we just provide larger bags so you yeah. can store more clothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you've got numbers on your wristband. Yeah, I was going to say, where, is, where do you put the number? Yeah, on your wristband. And yeah. people always ask, like, oh, so like, do I get a bib at check-ins? Like, mm-hmm. where are you going to take yeah, that? Right. Like, you can't pin that anywhere. So, <laughs> like, you can like go Iron Man style and just get a sharpie and like write it on yourself. Yeah. But um, but no, we don't we don't have bibs. It's not timed. It's just going yeah. out there and have fun. Is there any moment where you're like, because I know with Pacers, I was like, there's a few moments where I'm like, 
I can't, we have to push through this or I can't believe we're, you know, everybody's, everybody sees you as this, like, and this will probably be my question. Everybody sees you as this, like great, huge run that's super successful, but I'm sure behind the scenes, there's been like moments where you're like, wow, I'm not sure we're going to be able to make what, it or, well, uh, you don't want people to see what's going on behind right, the scenes. Right. Yeah. And I kind of want to pull back the curtain behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's plenty of chaos happening behind the scenes. I can't think of any one particular story or scenario where, uh, you know, it really paints that picture. Um, but you know, we rely on volunteer race directors in all of our 39 cities. And so when you're dealing with a setup like that, uh, you, you have to allow for people to be able to live their lives and, you know, they have all their own stuff going on because they're not getting paid to do any of this. So there's a lot of, you know, wrangling, uh, people who have different things happening in their lives. We have a couple race directors who are, are parents of kids who right. have NF. And so, you know, they're dealing with like clinical trials that their kid is going through. And they're like, uh, our one race director who lives in Pittsburgh, her, her son, Alex is going through a clinical trial at NIH right now. So she's driving down right. from Pittsburgh to NIH all the time. That's crazy. So he can just get this drug administered. Um, and so like, there's just tons of stress behind the scenes because well, one, it's chaos trying to just organize any race that I think any race director can attest to. But also, our, our race directors just have so much going on in terms of trying to promote the run, trying to get permits. They've got you know kids with NF or you know whatever else is, is going on in life. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. I mean, I, I don't know. So we put on road races, but every single one of our race directors is uh, paid to be there. So the fact that you're getting volunteer folks... I will say, guys, that he's got an advantage because a 2 o'clock race start is a lot easier than a 7 a.m. race start. <laughs> so your guys don't have to be there. Your guys got to be there at like you know, three in the morning. 10 a.m. versus 3 in the morning. Exactly. So that'll make my – I'm just making myself and, feel better and, because <laughs> I can never get a volunteer. So, so, and he so encourages his race directors to drink to their drink, faces yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I no, encourage no. my race directors to maybe have a drink or right. two prior right. to the run. Right. Make sure that everything goes over you know, with no problems. And then have your fun. Right. Right, right, exactly. Well, that's 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 really impressive. So you've mentioned that there's a lot of different things that people, how they interpret what Andy Run is. So I saw in Runner's World that you did a video about um, tips and tricks for outfits to wear. Yeah, that actually just came out. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So right. yeah, run, they just put that up on their Facebook uh, today. Um, yeah, there's when running in your underwear it's different attire than you would normally wear so there's uh we have a few little secrets of the trade that we've learned over the years um if you're a guy and you're wearing boxers you want to staple the flap shut because um, <laughs> that little button that's hanging on a thread does not have much um integrity to yeah. it got it um gals i uh, recommend doing a bounce test because okay. um you know if you're wearing a sports bra that's cool but some people will come out in a regular bra and right. those things are not designed to be run in or run jesus christ mm-hmm. run in ran um, as you can tell, I was not an English major. Right. And then I've also heard that hand warmers are good for the gals as well, for strategic placement um, mm. in the bra. Okay. Mm. Um, although you want to avoid direct contact, so wrap them in like a napkin or something. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. These are, those are really good tips. And you can find that on the Runner's World Facebook? Surprisingly, Runner's World <laughs> published a video of me talking all about that stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm there posing in like boxers, boxer briefs, briefs, the whole <laughs> right. shebang. It is... Um, now is that, yeah, it's there. Now, is that video also in the magazine? <laughs> it may be. If you look hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Flipbook. Yeah. Uh, dude, so you, you, I mean, you do a lot of, like, 
promotional stuff and it sounds like you've got to be like in your underwear almost every single time i so where's your your own running at right now it's got you got to stay fit to be this race director and be the face of cupid's undie run you would think so but if you go back and look at photos from 2010 on every year it's just like slowly downhill you can tell that i'm that's not what as happens competitive as you get as old, that's what happens when you get older though that has nothing to do with yeah yeah no but when we started this you know i was a competitive ultra runner putting in like a hundred miles a week, um, you know, racing as much as I could these days, more of my efforts is just going into Cupid's itself. So I'm getting in, you know, 20, 30 miles a week, nothing terribly significant, uh, nothing fast. I would say I, I, uh, I participate in November project. If you Mm -hmm. guys go out to November project at all. So, um, that's a, that's a fun little way. Yeah. That kid keeps you in shape. So, Bobby, you know, I was actually at the first Sunday run in 2010. Yeah. And you know what's weird? I don't remember seeing you there. (laughs) So, interesting story at that one. Um, When we created Cupid's Sunday Run, I had already been signed up for the Holiday Lake 50K, Mm -hmm. which was that same morning down uh, outside of Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I was hell-bent on racing that and coming on back. I was you know, super fit in my eyes back then. I was like, you know, I'm going to run this fast as hell. Um, I didn't factor in that they had just gotten pummeled with snow. So for the 50 K it's all on trails. They had like eight inches of snow and then like a crusty layer of ice on top. So we were post holing for the first half of the course and there was an out and back and then you're fine on the second half. Um, but my time was significantly slower than when I had run it previously. Uh, I got fourth place, so I was pretty pleased with that, Um, but it still took a while just because it was such a slow year, and uh, I tried to speed back to D.C. Yeah, you're an hour and a half away (laughs) or so, right? Uh, It was like two or two or three hours away, Uh, and I also got a speeding ticket on the way back, (laughs) and the cop took forever, Uh, so I ended up actually missing the first actual running of Cupid's Undie Run in 2010. 600 I, people? You were <laughs> you missed that well, race? It sounds had, like there was 599. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had three uh, co-founders, right. so technically, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Right. So they were able to handle it. I showed up at like 2.45, I want to say, and the run was at 2 o'clock, so I just missed it, but I was there for all the post-party yeah, and, that's right, the and celebrations. Stuff. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, it is for a great cause. How close are we to... Uh, Finding a cure for NF. Uh, uh, Still pretty far. Um, There's still a lot to be done, but there are more treatments that are coming out. Uh, As it is right now, people with NF, they just have hundreds of tumors all throughout their body and dealing with lots of complications. Their options are really chemotherapy or going in for lots and lots of surgeries very often. So there's, you know, some different drugs in the pipeline that are showing some promising results. And so um, we're glad to be helping to fund that type of research and uh, hopefully there will be some more treatment soon, but um, you know it's still a ways away. So uh, more of a reason to keep running in your underwear. <laughs> it's it's an amazing story, Bobby. You guys have raised. Uh, I have for my notes seven point seven million dollars um, over uh, the the years that you've been doing it, which is just an amazing amount. Congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. Um, it's an awesome story. Sounds like a really fun run. Uh, we'll be tweeting it out uh, from Pace the Nation. Uh, give us your feedback on Twitter. Let us know uh, how, how, how the race was on, on Saturday. I'm sure you had a great time. You can follow them, cupidsundyrun.com, also at cupidsundyrun on Twitter. And uh, looks like an awesome event and one that I'm, I'm going to have to get in shape for uh, and do next, <laughs> next, next You year. look like you are totally yeah. in shape, so I will see you on Saturday. <laughs> All right, that's Bobby Gill. Uh, he is the... 
founder and race director of Cupid's Undie Run, and he joined us here on Pace and Ace, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Bobby Gill for joining us today in studio. Uh, I really enjoyed that interview. He was, um, it was the first time I met him, and um, very cool guy, inspiring event. Uh, they do a lot of good and pretty impressive what he's, what he's put together there. So that's Saturday, February 13th. It's Cupid's Undie Run, and you can find them online at cupidsundierun.com. And on Twitter, again, at Cupid's Undie Run. So uh, tweet them. Let them know that you enjoyed hearing Bobby on the program today. And I like that we uh, break news after the fact again. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. that we drop the show on Monday and talk about an event that happened in the past. Yeah. It was an awesome event mm-hmm. this Saturday. So I uh, yeah. hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope, I hope some of our listeners make it out there. Yeah. Uh, contribute to the... Um, the charity and the good time. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Joanne and I will be out of town this uh, mm-hmm. this this weekend, so unfortunately we won't be there. What a coincidence that you guys next time next time decided to to miss this weekend. Uh, she's going to be in uh, L.A. I'll be in Boston. Well, um, she was in L.A. and you were yeah, in Boston, that's exactly. Uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of news from L.A. and. Um, we will get to that right now. Mm. Before we before we get to that, I wanted to bring snacks to the table. Oh, snacks! I brought Girl Scout cookies. Wow! Joanna gets the smallest plate because uh, then it makes it look like she has more cookies. Yes, <laughs> that was that was her rule. Um, oh, they're cold. Oh, thank you. I know you got to freeze. You got to wow. freeze your thin mints. They're they're delicious that way. Girl Scout cookies. It is mm-hmm. that time of year. Yeah, there was a a girl. A Girl Scout came to my door, knocked on it, and asked if I wanted to buy cookies. Of course, I said yes. Bought a couple boxes. And then when she delivered them, after she gave me the cookies, we, I paid the money. She goes, one more thing. She reaches into her pocket, her sweatshirt pocket, and she hands me a business card. And she says, if you want more cookies, my email's on the card. And then wow. she, and then she uh, How disappears. How old was she? Uh, probably like in sixth grade. Uh, and she's a business fifth, card. Fifth or sixth grade. She has a, a business card. I, I appreciated the hustle. And, and I, totally. felt like, I felt like Farley would really uh, uh, appreciate that. I thought Bobby Gill had a good business plan. Now this, I'm, I want to hire her, man. She is a born o- entrepreneur. Uh, that's, that's an impressive hustle. I mean, Girl Scout cookie selling is just not what it used to be. It is way... It's a competitive... The game's uh, changed yeah. since you were in it, yeah, Farley? Way, way different these days. <laughs> definitely a competitive game um and uh if she wasn't a minor i would give her a shout out right uh but i don't know what the rules are on that <laughs> yeah it's probably smart mm-hmm. all right this week in the news locally here guys we had a high school runner break four minutes for the mile. Drew Hunter with yeah. an impressive race uh, last weekend. Ran 358 up at the Armory. Well, 358.25. 358.25. Broke the four-minute mile barrier. He is the eighth high school athlete ever to do so. 
and uh, the fastest time ever run by a high schooler indoors. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a national record indoors for a high school runner. A lot of, lot of info on this one. Want, okay. want me to just go, yeah, go nuts you, yeah, on this? Yeah. He has a big resume. He is Oregon-bound. Uh, he was the Foot Locker cross-country champion. And he recently was the first high school ever to go sub eight minutes in the 3,000 meters. Yep. I think that was a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't really catch this, so I'm hoping you guys followed this story a little bit better than me. I couldn't tell. Did, did his parents coach Alan Webb? What's, what's the Alan Webb connection? Yeah, so you can find that story uh, on Run Washington when – I actually think it's on the front page of Run Washington where uh, Charlie and his team break down – the relationship between uh, Drew Hunter's parents and Alan Webb. So Drew Hunter's parents actually coached Alan Webb the first year at South Lakes, his freshman year, Alan's freshman year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they moved out to Loudoun County, and that's when uh, Scott, how, Scott Rasco came in and, and coached Alan for the how, how wild is that? His, yeah, parents, crazy. his parents coached Alan Webb, whose record he broke. It is. It is crazy. It is actually. It's. It's a story that uh, probably isn't told enough because the irony there is incredible. The ironing is delicious. <laughs> it is. Um, the other thing I noticed in the uh, post-race photo, uh, he was wearing a Nike top and Adidas shorts, and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I want to know what you guys thought of that. Um, I usually try to keep it pretty matched. You try to keep it uh, all in the same brand. Yeah, pretty matched. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, but I he's can... like a high school yeah, boy. Yeah, no, right. Doesn't... No, no, that's but true. When I saw that, I thought this is the last time he's ever going to have uh, a mismatched an, ad- an Adidas. Yeah, that's no, true. Well, not Adidas. I mean, just like mismatched. Right. Well, not, not dragging. I would have. I would. No, I'm not either. The good people at Adidas got me into the Boston Marathon. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, but the. Uh, the Nike swoosh runs Oregon, and I would assume yes. they're not going to let him go after he uh, graduates or decides to turn pro. But I think Dox's point is that once you reach a certain level in running, you are more cognizant of what you're wearing, and you're always matching. Yeah. Or a level at the store, too, as I have a matching <laughs> sweatsuit on right now. I, I would. I'm, yeah. This not this unrelated to running, though. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> about this is my jumpsuit I'm wearing right now. Episode 41 is the first time Farley and Joanna didn't wear the same thing in the studio. <laughs> She's definitely not wearing a Yorktown <laughs> basketball. Remember uh, when you guys jumpsuit. used to wear the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. That used to be that a thing? That happened once. Yeah. Twice. Once. Yeah. Uh, but we don't talk about it anymore. Right. It's like one of those inside finally, jokes. That finally, an inside joke anymore. that died. Uh huh. Goodness. Well, it doesn't seem like it's dead bring yet. It back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also in the news, uh, Joanna, why don't you break the news uh, since you're going to be headed out to the marathon trials? Uh, break the news of who's going to be there at the marathon trials and who isn't. Well, I was disappointed that there's one less person that I would be able to see, and that's Dina Castor. Oh. I've never seen Dina Castor run in person before, and I was really ex- no, that's not true. I have seen her run in person. Okay. Before. Uh, she tried to lie to us on the yeah. show. Yeah, um, but I am. Ex- I was excited to see. Well, where Dina. did you see her? Um, I saw her at the 2008 Olympic trials in Boston. You were there. I was there. So was I. Mm-hmm. Wow, we all, all the the show was all there. Mm-hmm. Wow, how about that? Before the show was a show, we were all together. There and if this Boston. was like a movie. You know, we all would have been in the same place, and then like mm-hmm. it would right. be part of a montage. Then mm-hmm. later, we become part of a podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight years later, yeah, here we are together. 
Which, yeah, Dina has uh, announced. How did she announce it? Uh, I think it was via Twitter. And USATF put it on their Instagram as well. Did she post a pair of uh, football cleats that were hung up? <laughs> That's it, it, That was uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch who yeah. Yeah, did that. Uh, but I think she's out due to injury. Uh, that's really disappointing. Uh, I actually think that uh, Dixon may have mentioned her as one of the favorites to actually make the team. So that's that's obviously a, a real disappointment to to her and and all of her fans, all the mm-hmm. fans, and 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 me too. I was really hoping, but to Joanna, see, you, see a master make that team. You'll probably still see her down there. Uh, I'm sure she'll still go. So actually, this probably means that there's a, it increases the chances that you'll hang out with her. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, it did. She got to look at the bright side. She did tweet about an hour ago here as we sit on Wednesday. Sideline so late in the game. I'm out of the trials, but I'll see you in L.A. Hashtag L.A. 2016 to see who makes the Olympic team. Did she tweet that directly at Joanna? No. Didn't uh, tag Jotorius DC in it, huh. but no. It's weird. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's disappointing, but uh, another big name runner is actually going to be there. Yeah, well, we didn't talk about this, but it's been out for a while that Galen Rupp is going to run in the men's race. Mm-hmm. So he's got Galen Rupp, a, of course, is a silver medalist in yeah, the 10,000. 10, yeah, so he's got to be a favorite, you would think. And he's, he's going to upset things for sure. And he's another one of these guys who, who's never run a marathon before. Yeah, another half marathon or run in the marathon. You have to assume that at some point in his, in his training, he's run yeah. a marathon yeah. or close to it. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be tough, tough to beat. But I, I think I, if I'm, if I get all the names right, I think there's something like six or seven Oregon Ducks that are going to be in this race. Wow. Yeah. Uh, go Ducks. Well, that does. Go Ducks. It. No Ducks. I think <laughs> uh, that that does it for our in the news segment. Nope. Oh, I want really? to. <laughs> okay. no. I I want to talk about the uh, Florida man who threw an alligator through the Wendy's drive-through window into the into the Wendy's. All right. We we did some dog stuff earlier, mm-hmm. so I'll allow non-running stuff to. This be. is a running story okay, because everybody who worked inside had to run for their life. <laughs> Why did the man throw an alligator through the window? He How big was the alligator? It was like three feet. Okay. Um, he said it was a prank. I think he knew it was like late night, and he knew the person who was there. His mom had the best quote of the day, as moms tend to do in our uh, southern news stories. Mm-hmm. His mother said it was just a stupid prank that he did. That's now turning into this, it's stupid. He's a prankster. He does stuff like this because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> That's a little more than a prank. Somebody throws an alligator into my place of work. Yeah, I'm going to be upset. I enjoy the story. Well, I, I think, think it's, he should be arrested. I think. Well, he was. Oh, okay, good. This is. Uh, I think he's he's uh, now being going through his trial. This okay. is, this happened like last December or something. Was anybody bit by the alligator? No. No, that's that's good. No, that's nobody good. was hurt, but he he was charged with three things: aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, uh, unlawful sale, possession, or transporting of an alligator, and petty theft. Now, I don't know. I, I saw in the story as well that basically he he had the alligator in the passenger seat of his truck. Mm-hmm. Um, Joanna's breaking things, mm-hmm. and he ordered a diet coke. And then she went to the cash register, had her back turned. He then reached in, grabbed the three-foot alligator, and threw it through the window. But I don't, I don't know why they're charging him with petty theft, but I thought it was maybe they were, they were just adding on like he stole the Diet Coke or something, like he hadn't paid for it. Right. Because uh, he probably didn't pay for it at that point. Right. 
They, yeah, she was not interested in collecting his money. But it did say that it was while she was at the register. So it makes me think like maybe he overpaid for the Diet Coke. Well, potentially. If, if she was getting change. Yeah, well, so, how much are alligators worth? Well, you're not allowed to sell them at all. So they're, they're infinite. They're a protected animal in Florida. Uh, so they actually, he's actually, that's what he's getting dinged for. He f- said he found it on the side of the road, uh, and it's a baby. But, um, I mean, I don't want to break this story down too much. Right. I just really enjoyed that headline, uh, and I felt like we needed to talk about it a little bit. Well, I'm glad we did. All right. This week, we have some construction updates. In Clarendon? In Clarendon. Big news, guys. The Clarendon store is being demolished. We opened... Intentionally? Intentionally, yes. Okay. Yeah. We opened December 10th, 2004. And this week, on February 8th, Mm -hmm. 2016, uh, we are officially redoing... The interior completely. So that's big news. Almost um, just over 11 years of us operating as uh, the original Clarendon store. But it's time for a, a, a new look and feel, and so we're really excited about that construction underway. Well, don't, don't do too much forecasting. Uh, just tell us what's going on now. Uh, uh, okay, well, there's... Uh, we, we like to protect the spoiler That's alerts. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ceiling has been taken down. Mm-hmm. All the slat wall, uh, a wall has been taken down into the office. Slat wall has been taken down, and uh, the floor has been ripped up. So, well, to be fair, the floor was already kind of yeah, ripped it up. was pretty ripped up. Yeah, but uh, it's been officially ripped up. There was like linoleum. And how do you say that? Unfortunately for you, this is with the sound in the background, yeah. so we can't edit, can't edit this seg- yeah. segment. Linomium. Yep. <laughs> Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so that's underneath there. So we're ripping that up, too. It's funny what you'll find. What if you just keep going? What What happens when you when you? Uh, get <laughs> I think that you floor? get to the ground. I, I think mm-hmm. you get to China. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Sell them some shoes. Did you keep a piece of the floor? I did. Yep, with a piece of duct tape on it. So that's very meaningful. <laughs> uh, the store is still open. So uh, you can still come by and see us. We're just next door. And a little smaller space, which was our office before. So uh, if you want to come by the store and check it out, uh, you can still come in, buy shoes, apparel, accessories. Uh, we just uh, are a little smaller space for now. So that's very exciting. You can see uh, pictures of that on our Run Pacers uh, uh, Twitter account. So you can see what's, what's doing there. We appreciate your feedback when you tweet us at Pace the Nation, and every week, if they're deemed good enough, Joanna will read them on the program, like she does right now. She goes through a very extensive. It's it's almost like the voice, the vetting uh, process. You're the saying? vetting process yeah. to decide which uh, yeah tweets. I think are. it's a little over the top, to be <laughs> honest. Don't you think, Farley? I mean, we're blowing our whole budget on that yeah, process. Yeah, um, especially the part where she turns her chair around. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. I don't even see why you need to do that because you can't see them anyway. I know, right? Yeah. So, well, I'm no. not going to... Hey, it's not, her segment, Docs. Yeah, yeah, I'm not one to criticize right. the creative process much. <laughs> anyway, um, so first of all, there was a lot of positive chatter about us turning 40. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had episode 40 on the show. 
So we had people like my dad congratulating us on making it to 40. Um, Chris Webb, although he seemed maybe a little iffy if we were actually going to make it because mm-hmm. of the Doc's Farley tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and Farley, he suggested that maybe you just demand trial by combat. I was hoping we'd just hash it out over a run, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe next week when he can run. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the... I think that might have been a Game of Thrones reference. Oh, it definitely yeah. was. Okay, so no, I'm not into that. But thanks, Chris. Thanks for the suggestion. Um, we also had Carter who tweeted and said, talk about Greatest Hits podcast. You can lead with number 40. Any podcast that mentions the Winbrief King of DC story is a good one. Did we? We're going to save the Winbrief uh, Win story, uh, although it might be appropriate for... Um, our, our our guest today, Bobby Gill, talking about running in, in your underwear. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Um, and people really liked having Steve on the show. Um, and Andrea R even tweeted in to say, "See you out on the training routes." Steve's the best. Watch Fox Five every weekday morning. Uh, he's the best. Steve Chenevieve on Twitter as well. No, enjoyed having him, and uh, appreciate him retweeting us and got some good feedback from from others who watch fox 5 about our show so that was really cool um and you know the dog issue still isn't dead chris i know i know um but i think you've got a vote in your favor here nice. so ashley tweeted in to say at pace nation first got the tweets for you guys second 35 dollars for a dog bath i hope that's a big dog and they got all the spaces well thank you i agree and she's a little dog she is a little dog she's a puppy and I got. I saw that tweet. Well, your your dog's a puppy, well, but it's a big she's dog. She's forty pounds now, forty-five yeah. maybe. But I, I did. I did uh, get that tweet, and I wanted to go back to the scene of the crime and see what uh, <laughs> if there really was any sort of communication about how much the actual dog bath would cost. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you guys. This is what the sandwich board sign outside says. You know, it just mentions the dog wash, dog groom. Uh, and then you go inside, and there's really no mention of price inside either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I don't want to sully the business. I think the business is mm-hmm. the, the the wash was is she's never been as clean as she's been. But mm-hmm. um, you know, no real mention of of price. And I'm not necessarily saying you put it on the uh, you put it on the sandwich board outside. But uh, right. Well, anyway, Ashley, welcome to Twitter. Yeah. Glad you could join, and I appreciate your support. Man, I need all the supporters I can get. Um, and Brian Knight, who will remember we called out for not tipping on his receipt that he showed us on Twitter, um, he said, BTW Pace Nation, I always tip in cash at the dog groomers. Do we know what BTW means? Uh, by the way. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Usually trying to figure out yeah. what these... That uh, was, that's an easy one. Sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah. that is yeah. an easy one. Yeah. But usually that's a fun segment as well. Sorry, sorry for calling you out, Brian. Sometimes uh, it's it's in our best interest to make up the story, though. Right. <laughs> um, and the five-second bump is still not dead either. Talk about greatest hits. Um, so Matt Dieters tweeted in to say, forget the five-second bump, Pace Nation shout-out, and then a 12-second 5K PR. Coincidence? I think not. Well, uh, that it's a 12-second bump, the, the way that I understand the math, five seconds of that belongs to us. And seven seconds belongs to Matt Dieter's hard work. <laughs> I think that's a good, yeah, that's a good way to break it down. Yeah, well, way con- to go, Matt. Nice. Con- congratulations on those seven seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, did you guys hear about um, the Beyonce bounce? 
No. So during her halftime show, Beyonce mentioned Red Lobster, and now Red Lobster is having like astronomical sales numbers. For real? She didn't even say anything positive. She just literally said like Red Lobster in her song or whatever, and now... (laughs) Wait, she has a song where she just shouts Red Lobster? Yeah. Is Anthony Kiedis writing for her? It's like a real... I don't know. It's a real (laughs) news story. That should have been in in the news. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, the whole Super Bowl, I guess... Well, the the commercials may not have been effective, but between like her screaming Red Lobster and Peyton Manning talking about Bud, uh, Budweiser beer, I mean, those... You're surprised that the Super Bowl was a commercial event? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that probably those were more effective uh, ads than anything that was, was costing $5 million. Um, I just think it's weird that Beyonce is trying to like jump on our bump. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce, get your own deal. Yeah, Come this on. is this is just like all these tough mutters and zombie runs in, <laughs> encro- encroaching on the uh, on Bobby's race. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Very true. Uh, so Lawrence Soto also tweeted in to say, "One week behind on my Pace Nation episodes, William E. Dox being a Flyers fan breaks my heart. Washington Caps got their revenge yesterday versus Philly." Trust me, Lawrence, being a Philly fan has caused me much more heartache over the years than my being a Philly fan has caused you. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I've got nothing to say. I think that's a good retort. Yeah, sums it up nicely. Yeah, Lawrence was on our program, uh, what, episode 34, I'd say. Yeah, who could know? Yeah. He did also tweet in something about like pe- Pepsi sponsoring the Super Bowl. I'm mm-hmm. not going to acknowledge that because <laughs> I didn't think the Super Bowl was that great. So I yeah. don't care that Pepsi sponsored it. I just thought it was funny that he told us to uh, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mark Drath also tweeted in to say, uh, long time listener, first time tweeter. Thanks for the shout out. Yeah. Now he's going to have to funny. thank us every week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark, I want to tweet every week. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the outcry on Twitter, emails, mm-hmm. text messages yeah, when everyone yeah, when everyone thought Docs was leaving. Any sasses? Um, not yet. Anybody who wanted him to leave, anybody who was excited <laughs> he was leaving, that's what I was waiting for. Still waiting for that. I think you're going to be waiting a long <laughs> oh, time. That's too bad. Um, but people like Leanna tweeted in to say, I'm really hoping this is just a joke, i.e. this being Dox's last episode. Thank you. Yeah, it was a joke. <clears throat> and then Chris Jatan also tweeted in to defend his... Uh, the fact you guys call him Chris Jatan is just so <laughs> maddening. His name is Jetting. It's so stupid. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. The I segment. feel like we should just call his parents yeah. one day and just have yeah. them yeah. clear this up. It's so or we, we call them randomly so they don't know that we're calling and see how they answer them. Yeah. This show like is if, so stupid. If they go, Jetons, you know, or if they go, Jettons. Yeah, I think they're going to say Jetons. All right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so Chris Jeton said, I'm at CVS with a fourth grader getting his sports physical, and he's listening to Travis Scott's song Antidote on his iPod. Mm-hmm. Less Travis Scott on this program would be <laughs> ideal for me. But his next tweet, he says, just trying to help you capture that coveted 8 to 12-year-old urban demographic. Mm-hmm. The scene is getting a little too old and vanilla. All right. Wow. Well, if we're going after that market, that's not a market uh-huh. I initially uh, deemed as one that we'd go after, but... I'll take anybody hey, I can get. Uh, seems like we need to expand. <laughs> yeah. We need to get these numbers up. You yeah, know? That's true. So, All right. I'll take them. Chris, let those guys know that we talked about uh, Travis Scott on the show. Um, Midpack Bipad also chimed in on the running commute 
for the backpack question, and he suggested the Osprey Rev 1.5 for run commuting. Uh, Midpack also uh, has a blog, and he gave us a shout-out on his blog. So, um, yeah, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that advice for that uh, backpack. I'll check that one out as well. Maybe we'll bring it in the store. I also got a nice running backpack from the nice people at New Balance. And oh, did you? I Yeah, I really like it a lot. Okay. Yeah. And it has a place on the, the waistband where you can put your cell phone. So while you're running, That's it's crucial. really accessible. Nice. Um, and Annie Hughes did tweet in to say, do I still get Pace Nation stickers if I mail you SAS, S-A-S-S, instead of SAS, S-A-S-E? So she's being a little... Sassy? Is that what <laughs> she's doing? Um, and I would say to Annie, What's, absolutely. If you yeah. any type of sass, I will accept. Right. I think I called it a sass. Maybe it's a sass. I don't know. We're gonna call we, it sass. It's yeah. it's uh, forever known on the show as sass. sass. All right. Yeah. But it's S A S E. Uh huh. So she she's gonna give you some sass, and you're gonna <laughs> give some stickers. Do you carry stickers like with you at all times in case somebody gives you sass? Um, I do typically always have stickers with me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm starting to get a little low. Is uh, that right? Maybe a, maybe a reorder is in store. Can we talk about size for the next order? <laughs> yes, we can. A little uh-huh. bigger would be nice. Uh-huh. Um, so I might need your help for this next tweet. Um, so Skinny Raven Sports, which is in Alaska. Little known fact, I've shopped there. Yep. Have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been to our buddy JC, JC's store. Uh, JC has wanted us wanted me to come out to Alaska. I'm sure he'd want the whole show out there. So oh, we would love to do yeah. a show there. It's yeah. it's awesome in July. I go there in July and August in the past. Yeah, I think that sounds uh, great. Well, yeah, we're, we'll go. There. I'm sure he'd love us to. I say there. we go to trials in Eugene, and then mm-hmm. we travel north to Alaska. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you guys do? I mean, we're we're like planning or, or we're brainstorming on the air mm-hmm. here. Would you guys do an event, maybe a high school event, uh, where we broadcast from a high school? Event? Farley. You don't have to give me the specifics. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So maybe we can work that out, JC. Okay. So uh, Skinny Raven Sports tweeted to say, the Raven is awaiting the first tweet from at HSGSGGHS. And then it was hashtag keep the egg Adrian, hashtag Juno, hashtag feel the burn. Mm-hmm. So these are all references from our last episode. But right. who is HSGSGGHS? It's a... It's got to be a robot because my mom's... Twitter handle is Pacers Adrian. At Pacers Adrian. At Pacers Adrian. Yeah. But when you click on that one, it is Adrian Farley as well. Yeah. How hmm. bizarre is that? I don't know. Is it possible that maybe there's another Adrian Farley out there? <laughs> Could be. And they both have egg avatars. They do. <laughs> See, there's, again, is a reason not to have an egg avatar. If my mom had something to do with Pacers as an mm-hmm. avatar, there's no way that no they confusion. could steal it. No, no way. Um, Satya Morthy, who you guys went after pretty hard last episode, mm-hmm. you know, the man that just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So he tweeted in to say, ouch, and I'll do my best to be at the next happy hour. Hey, Farley has a baby dog and he makes it to the happy <laughs> yeah. hour. I do. Yeah. And, and, it's, same. and it's sitting at home bleeding from a, from a wolf bite. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Satya, no excuses. Thank so you. February 25th, Satya. Um, do we have a location yet? Not yet. Okay. Well, Kelly's going to let us know. Okay. Yeah. So Satya, just block off February 25th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in D.C., I think. Get a babysitter. So we have one last tweet here that probably should also be in news, but um, I'm going to read it. 
Okay. So, um, Matt. This is just for our listeners. This is Joanna holding on to stories for her segment. Right. right rather than right. sharing them for the greater good. Letting, them, letting uh-huh. us know where it really should have been in the news. Yeah. This belonged in the news. But go ahead, Joanna. Take credit for this one. Um, so, Matt uh, Peitzman. Peitzy9 on Twitter. Yep. So, he tweeted in to say, see the story about Matt Damon slash Matt Greenleaf running a half marathon Sunday, 158.08. I guess uh, Matt Damon ran a half marathon under two hours, but he signed up under a uh, pseudonym pseudonym name. Now, how how would that go over with Pacers events, uh, it, it, especially if there was an emergency? Well, he would be uh, banned from all future Pacers <laughs> events, for sure. Well, would Matt Damon or would Matt Greenleaf? Uh, Matt Damon would be. Matt Damon. Lisa wouldn't put up with it. Yeah. So, uh, no, it would uh, not go over well. Uh, well, let me see. If well, he's was, a he's a registered Damon, runner. If it was a Matt Damon, we'd probably make a some sort of uh, amendment to the uh, to the policy. I well, don't think you should make amendments for celebrities. They uh, shouldn't get special treatment. Joanna, we're celebrities. We should get special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Pites, that's a good story. Uh, that half marathon time is pretty solid for for Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And not bad for Matt Greenleaf. No, pretty good for Matt Greenleaf too. Mm-hmm. I think he should train more. We also got an email this week, Joanna and Docs, from Greg Grevin, who is with ASICS. Uh, he's a new listener, so we're gaining some traction with ASICS. So thank you for listening, Greg. And Docs is invited to the next event, officially. Yeah, um, AJ's motion was seconded <laughs> to have Docs at an event. I also think this is a pretty big get for us because Greg doesn't really listen to podcasts and he doesn't yeah. listen to anything that's not related to sports. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Well, you're saying this is not related to sports? <laughs> well, you know, I tried to put some trivia in to, yeah. mm-hmm. to appeal to different we did demographics. Some talk, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Hope commercials you. and dogs. Is he yeah. into dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he's into dogs, this is the program for him. Well, he is into babies. He does have, uh, I think his daughter is maybe seven or eight months but old. But if you remember correctly, so, it was the monkey baby, the puppy monkey baby. And we mm-hmm. went over puppies and monkeys, but we really didn't go over the babies. So yeah. I'm giving you some babies right now. Okay. It still doesn't save the commercial. <laughs> uh, it's still an awful commercial. Anyway, uh, welcome welcome to the fold. And thank you very much for the future invite. <laughs> we'll take you up on it. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we also have a store in Princeton, New Jersey. So our New Jersey listeners, check us out there on, in Palmer Square in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, guys, we forgot to talk about Instagram. Okay. Because I know we don't have an Instagram account. No. The, the, the uh, show does not have an Instagram account. But Run Pacers tweeted out a picture of our logo in celebration of our 40th episode. And Annie Hughes tweeted in to say, or responded to this picture to say that she supported my feminism agenda. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because uh, intern Kelly, I think, also got into the same box of girl power candies because mm-hmm. she suggested <laughs> several female guests for future shows. Oh, nice. Who'd mm-hmm. she suggest? Stephanie Garcia and Kara Goucher. Oh, I. Yeah, both of them. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right. So I don't know where we go from here, but those would be great interviews, right? Yeah, I agree. Maybe you should get uh, maybe you should get some uh, maybe do some legwork on that when you're in the trial at the trials this weekend. Joanna. I'll do my when, best when you find uh, when you see Kara. Tell her about the show and 
And the good thing is that you can give her a sticker. So save a yeah. sticker for Kara yeah. uh, and tell her that's our swag bag. She's getting it early. <laughs> right. um, and you can tell her also, like, hey, we've met before. Twice. Yeah. When was the other time? At Boston Marathon. That's the first time. No, no, no. Well, we both times in Boston. Uh-huh. Once in 2009, once in 2013. All right. I think I was familiar with the time when they thought that you were Ari. Yeah. So the second time um, I was warming up for the 5K and mm-hmm. Carol was walking down the road. And as I passed her, I saluted her and I said, hey, Kara. Mm-hmm. And then I kept running. And did she salute back? No, she did not. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, those are two great uh, uh, guests. We'll ha- try to track mm-hmm. down them as we are in the Olympic year. I think they would be both relevant to have on the show right. here in the next few months. All right. Great show, guys. Big show. Big show. Really, really big show. Uh, thank you to Bobby Gill from Cupid's Underrun for joining us. Again, you can find them on Twitter at Cupid's Underrun. Hope everybody enjoyed that this weekend. Joanna and I will be out of town this weekend. I'll be in Boston. She'll be in L.A. So, Joanna, I'm serious. Get some good uh, audio from somebody out there, and I'll work on getting some good audio from somebody at the Boston Indoor Games. You work on getting audio from uh, the L.A. trials. And I'll take the weekend off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to edit this thing, man. Oh, yeah. You got the real one. So, Joanna, I'm tasking you with that. Uh, But we'll have good reports from both those events. Uh, we'll get updated on Dox's running now that he's back running. That's very exciting. Uh, so, again, thanks to Bobby Gill. Thanks to you, the listeners, my co-hosts, Joanna and William E. Dox. I'm Chris Farley. We'll see you next week.